Welcome to the Geeky Grandma with an Encouraging Nudge podcast. Hi, my name is Jill McCarthy from Central New York State, and this is our fourth podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. Hi there, Jenny. I'm so glad to have you live on the Geeky Grandma with an Encouraging Nudge this morning. You certainly have an unusual interest in career. Would you please tell our guests about it and where it came from? Well, thank you, first of all, Geeky Grandma. I'm extremely honored <laughs> to be here with you. I've listened to your podcast, and it's it's really down to earth and, and heartfelt, and I really was drawn to that about you, so I appreciate what you do. First, I want to say that. Thank you. And, um, what I do, and I know we'll go into this a little bit, but basically I blog and podcast on um, nurturing creativity and inspiration at yourcreativecord.com or you can find your creative cord on the podcast on iTunes and stuff. But I also launched a group called Creative Memorial Planning on Facebook. And uh, I can go into more of that uh, later, but the gist is from personal experience and because of the pandemic, I just pivoted to open that group in March because of its relevance. Yeah, a lot of people dealing with with this type of planning and legacy and just death coming every which way. And that, that's a tough topic for anybody to talk about. And yet I see that you've, you've embraced it. And that whatever led you to go that way? <laughs> whatever. Why on earth am I doing this? Well, and that's the thing that one of the things that, that I really try to do is make it more natural for people just to talk about it. Because the fact is, every single one of us dies and every single one of us loses someone and from my you know when you're in my creative memorial planning facebook group i talk about my personal experiences a little more in depth but the gist is i've been through it i've been through three personal tragedies where people died unexpectedly and there was no plan there and then i ended up with a friend of mine who died two years ago unexpectedly from a heart attack before she was 50. I, she and I worked together with more than nine different, to help other people prepare their memorial plans for over nine different memorials. Wow. And then when she passed away, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, this is real training that, you know, that I have accumulated basically from these losses. And, and then basically, as I say, I'm a blogger, a podcaster, uh, I create nature, uh, you know, nature-inspired uh, products and calendars, and I talk about spiritual wellness and living an inspired life, and all of that is under my Your Creative Court theme. As I realized this pandemic was hitting us in March, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and open a group on creative memorial planning because I have the experience. I've been through it so many times. I've helped so many people through it. I've been through it myself, so I know really what's really essential and what's a waste of money and what makes things more comforting for the people left behind. So to be very specific, I'm not just an end-of-life planner. I specifically advocate minimizing or even doing without those traditional funeral customs and or religious uh, institutions. So I customize things and I tell people about what they can do in my group that incorporate these alternative ways of thinking and most people don't think like that most people first of all they don't even do anything until someone passes away and most often 
it takes a unique individual, in my opinion, to be able to go through a loss like that when there's no plan in place and figure everything out when you're under duress of grief. So I wanted to just bring that message and help people think ahead. I don't care how old you are. I lost my brother when he was 28 in a car crash. Suddenly. Wow. So, you know, and as I said, my dear friend died before she hit 50 a couple of years ago. And another really close friend of mine, she was like a surrogate mom to me. We were very too close. I talked to her every single day. Uh, she helped me through my first home purchase in Florida. And she went away for the holidays to visit her kids up north and was diagnosed with cancer and died two months later. It was like wow. just everything that I've experienced has been so sudden. And then of course, as I mentioned, helping others through it. I just really have a different perspective on how death can be handled in a more gentle, personal way. And you don't, it doesn't have to break your pocketbook. That's how I got here and where I'm at with it. Okay, thanks. You said you just kind of have to, sometimes if you're that one left and nothing has been planned, that you put your own feelings on pause and, you know, the nose to the grindstone and got through. But dealing with grief is an important thing, isn't it? It really is. And yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. That's pretty much every situation I've been in personally was exactly that. I had to literally set my own feelings aside to get things done because the people around me whether it was my parents friends they just could not function they could not think and this is a common even for myself it was a common part of the grieving process where my brain just wouldn't work you know and because of my whoever I am and my position in the family and with my friends I just when you see somebody else not able to do it you just step up and, and you do it and, and you mentioned to me before we started here, you told me you lost your mom and that's pretty much how you Yeah. I I had been I had been literally terrified of losing her for twenty years and even like three years ago is when I used the word terrified and you know, I didn't know I was hoping that I would have one of those mentors like you talk about, an older lady that, that takes you under their wing. I says, I hope she's still there when it happens. And yet, when it actually came to it, I was okay. I have a very supportive group that I'm in, and and they were. It was obviously that helped me through, but it also showed that I had grown the strength that I did, inner strength and fortitude that I didn't know about. I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't know if you you know I'm caregiver for my 81 year old mom. She just had a birthday last Saturday. Wow. And, you know, I lost my dad seven years ago tomorrow is the day that we lost my dad. And, and of course, I, you know, I love my dad, and that was hard. Fortunately, he had a plan. It was all figured out. <laughs> I told my mom, like, after my dad passed away, I'm like, it was hard losing dad, but if I lose you, it's just going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, you're strong enough. You'll keep moving. You'll keep living. And just, you know, so I can really relate to how you felt about your mom. Yeah. And, and, and your experience of... You know, you fear it, you fear it, but in the moment, you're okay. You, you, you know, at least you prolong. You had a prolonged amount of time with her. Yes, I did. Yes, I was and blessed was, to have her. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. We had her for 94 years, so we were very... And one thing I, I recently, since the loss, have talked to, to my therapist, and she says what happens is the cerebral cortex, the part up in the front that does the main thinking, that's where you process grief. And that's why you can't do 
you lose that thinking you're in the middle of trying to do something and what was it that I came here for and and I know it's really affected me I had a lot of my physical energy was gone and then I'd start to get that back and then it took quite a while to get the mental clarity back and I'm just I'm being cautious and on it now but it's it's coming so October 23rd so I'm almost to three months so not quite really well considering all of that and how close you were with her so right you have to really and from my experience grief is a lifelong thing it's not over when the public goodbye ritual is done and people after the flowers have been sent it's not over my brother has been gone 15 years and sometimes it feels like a blip sure i think that what you mentioned understanding the grief process does impact your functioning this is another strong reason why I'm doing what I'm doing as a creative memorial planning coach because because I've seen so and I've been through it myself so I get it I've seen people not able to function and they make sometimes they can't make decisions or sometimes they make very poor right impact them heavily later so that's why I'm very strongly advocating you know plan it now when you can think when you can think when you're young enough to really have you know forethought and also if you have like me an elder parent that you're thinking of or caring for get it now when they can talk with you about it that right it's not that hard in the middle well of fortunately my mom was very good on that stuff and I have an older brother who's real good on all the legal and the paperwork stuff and they had things pre-picked out pre-planned it took care of a lot of things so yep wonderful so we're going to talk more about your pre-planning in a few minutes, but we're going to stop right now for a commercial break. Today's podcast is being sponsored by the Facebook group called Facilitating Transformations for Women. We empower nearly retired women to go for their heart's desires. You can find a link to this loving group in our bio. And now, let's return to our show. And we're back now. We're going to talk about your pre-planning and your legacy planning, but I have to tell you, the word legacy is what drew me into you. Yeah, really. I scroll all the time looking for inspirational quotes and different opportunities. And when I saw the word legacy, I've been working with my gals for, for almost a year now on legacy. So. That's why I zoned right into you. I'd really love to hear that pre-planning part, if you would. Tell us what do you do if somebody's convincing somebody to pre-plan. What do you say to them? <laughs> well, first of all, I love that you do that. That's I'm really happy that you're in the Creative Memorial Planning Facebook group because, and you've been live once in there, but please feel free to go live again so people know a little more about what you do in terms of the legacy um, documents because I feel like it can be done in so many unique ways. You know, the more information and value that we give to people, the, the better prepared they're gonna be for it. But in, in general, like what I do in my group is I, uh, twice a week I go live, Tuesdays and Saturdays, and I tell people about alternatives to traditional funeral plans. And part of what I talk about, besides things that you can do for handling the remains that are not your traditional route, or things that you can do for a goodbye ritual that is not the traditional funeral. I give all kinds of creative ideas 
things that I've done, things that I've planned, things that I've seen or heard of even. And then in terms of, I also go in and tell people a little bit about my program, which is I have a coaching program if you really want a little more help with it. It's a two-month program, and it's called Explore, Choose, and Plan Your Creative Memorial. And what I do is it essentially similar to what I do in the group. I educate people about these alternatives that most people don't even know exist. And then I help people in the coaching program decide which alternatives fit their personal values. And then we map it out, you know, get all the, doc all the information documented. And then it depends on the person because it's very customized. You know, what one person wants to do is different from the next person. So in, you know, depending on what they want, I offer help with in writing their obituary, how to save costs with it. If they want to leave a legacy message, there are different things that they can do from just, I get them started with some questions to kind of get their juices flowing. And you can do text written messages, and you can do audio recordings, you can do video recordings. And what kind of motivated me to do that, uh, in addition to uh, uh, helping people plan their goodbye ritual, whatever that might be, is um, one of my clients, actually, her mother had shared a video with her. Oh, actually, it was my client's brother took the video with a conversation with her mother. And it was just an impromptu thing, but her mother's gone now. And in that little short video message, her mother laid out such beautiful gems of wisdom and such... It was, she shared that video with me, and it was so full of, it, the lady was very down to earth, very, she's Jewish and very practical in the way that she approached things, but the, the way that she gave her message to her son and her daughter, my client, was just, you could tell that she had, you know, just with short little morsels of suggestions for things that they do, it encompassed her incredible legacy and compassion for her kids. So that message really inspired me to help people do that, basically. And, and not everybody wants to do that. Some people are kind of freaked out by <laughs> leaving a message to somebody behind them. But, you know, I have clients that do that, and I have it myself. Like, I'm a poet, so I also have, and I'm a songwriter, composer. So part of my legacy is, like, videos of my nature photos and my music behind it and my voice reading poetry, things like that just to get people's juices flowing you know and like I have one client that wants to include in her memorial agenda um, which I consider kind of part of a legacy um, because it really shows what the person's all about what what value what they valued she wants to have a kind of an excerpt from Shakespeare's play and, and it's from the monologue Puck gave because when she was in high school she did that part Ah. kind of encompassed her personality and her love of culture and so these are just things that different kinds of things that can come out in legacy messages whether it's written or you know like a letter to, to your loved ones or answering questions I, I have lots of prompts to kept you know help people kind of get started with it or creating an actual video message and like what are the things you want to say and I actually try to jumpstart that process in my group, I post things like, and I just did a live about it this week, where I ask simple questions like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite fragrance? What do you love about nature? And then I did a live on it this week and talked about how these simple questions can show so much about your personality and you can collect this information and use that in your legacy documents and for your memorial uh, agenda or goodbye ritual, however you want to 
tailor that. So I hope that answers a little bit about what I'm thinking when I say legacy. Sure. I've taken it in some different directions in my group. I um, have a, one lady now who had always wanted to write her family's history. And so I've got her one-on-one -on -one legacy project with her, and I'm helping her write that down into a book. She's, she's a very creative person who, you know, has things in 90 different piles, but I'm enough organized that I can help her to pull it together into a book. Now, she's not looking to make a bestseller, but she is making, you know, what, what's for her. And another thing I'm doing that I just started doing recently is I'd always wanted to digitize my dad's slides. We traveled in all, all over the place. And I wanted to do that for a long time. So I've been doing that the last two weeks. And I said every Friday afternoon, that's what I'm going to do. And I've been thinking of, okay, I could make a book for my grandchildren that's, okay, here's your grandparents and tell who they are and then and put it in book form. And you can get a, a hardback book published for like 35 bucks. So it's not that bad. But Now's the time to do it when you're still here. And, and even if, like one friend told me, you know, life is this long and say like you're here in that time, even though you've got this much left, some of that you could be ill. Some of that, you know, your capabilities may be, be going downhill or somebody else could be ill that you have to take care of. So, you know, you have certain responsibilities you need to get in order and do it now while you still can, so. That, that is my core message. <laughs> Another thing you can do too, and I've been doing this, is I, before the pandemic, when my mom could visit with my not, almost 90-year-old aunt, we, I just recorded videos of their conversations as they recalled memories. So I have like a collection of those, and, and you can make a little movie out of that, particularly mm -hmm. if you've got, of course, I'm, not, I'm an Apple user, you know, not a PC user, but so iMovie's very easy, just throw those little snippets and you can make movies out of that. And another thing, like you mentioned, there's all kinds of like Amazon and Zazzle where you can just upload photos and create your own little photo book. Sure. It's easily done to do that sort of thing. Right. Well, I'm a digital artist, so I do a lot of that sort of stuff and I have been doing it for years. My oldest brother did a recording with my uh, grandfather and had him talk to him. So he had his speech recorded and the, the two of them also went around to the various grave sites so that we knew who the, the relatives, so somebody knew who they were. And I also, and my brother got me a video camera so I could take a picture of my mom. And I, I had her go through, what's a typical day for you, mom? What do you, do you do? And so we recorded that so we could, okay. could get a feel for that. Well, it's, it's very obviously that through a lot of trial and error and and now your services you you offer that you're comfortable with the talking about deaths and you you help people to to face it and to be courageous and to plan i i remember talking to my grandfather oh maybe 6 months before he passed away we were talking somehow it came about you know that's going to come sometime sort of a conversation and he says you know, at first I was real afraid of it, but one day I just stopped and kind of like looked it in the face. And after that, he says, you know what? It ain't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I clarify, 
it's not that I'm comfortable talking about death. It's just that it's a necessity. And I love what your, was it your grandfather that said that? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a quote that I've used. I can't remember the verbatim what the quote is, but basically that's exactly how I feel. Like when you, it reminds me of Eleanor Roosevelt's quote about when you look fear in, directly in the face, you then understand, okay, I've gone through this horrible thing. I can take anything that comes next. Right. And I just, and that's what I feel and that's what I've experienced with planning my own, my mom's, and helping my clients and other people in terms of preparing. Because once you've got it done, I mean, you can always update it. You know, right. And, and I recommend that you do. But once you have that done, such a load is off your mind and you can really be more mindful where you are and live the moments that you have left. Absolutely. More fully, I think. That's one of my things that I'm about is to live this day. Each day is so precious. Each minute is precious. And I want them to make the most of it. And I'm running a course right now called No Regrets. I want them to live in such a way that I've heard it say that on your deathbed that you're more upset about the things that you didn't do than the things that you did. It might have been, you know, one of those things you wish didn't happen. But and so I'm just really trying to create a, a mindset, and that's, that's just my thought on the matter. What is your No Regrets program? What does it accomplish? Um, well, we've, uh, we just started this, and today is our second day of it. And oh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm actually having some two people in it that I met like 20 years ago, and one of them had been to five of the different retreats that I used to put on. So, so that's kind of, a, yeah, I guess reunion is for sure. We'll, I have a little touch of the spiritual side to some of the things that I do, and one of the things we did last week is we designed uh, some of the, there's a person in the Old Testament who a few a short time before his death he was went back to all of the places that he had lived and you know with just losing my mom i've been looking at titles of lots of books about death and near death and all of that and all of them talk about a life review and what i want those women to do is not for what did you do long and scold you kind of thing but what lesson did you learn so I broke down their life into these different stages and said, what did you learn during that time of your life? What did you learn at this time of your life? So that you can see, am I done? Is there something I want to learn that I haven't learned yet? What can I, you know, what lesson did I learn? And one of my, as I looked through mine, the more painful things I went through, the more I learned from them. And I also could see a thread going, at first, way back in like third grade, I went into a shell as everybody else started to go into these parties. You know, there's reasons behind it, but I'll spare you that. But that actually was the seed of doing women's retreats and working with women and wanting to be around women. Now, that hunger was there that early in my life. And, and the different things along the way that I went through have enabled me to be able to do that. So, you know, that was, it was a real eye-opener. And, you know, we, we'll talk about legacy. And like I said, thinking about this course came up with the idea of uh, what kind of legacy project would you like to do? And, and that's, what, that's what I've, you know, I'm test-driving it as I go along with them. So 
Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, that sounds really encouraging to people, and I, it really kind of resonates with my view, though I, I practice Buddhism, and in general, what I feel is that you shouldn't have regrets, and the things that you look back on, like you said, when we've gone through really the darkest times or the, the most difficult sufferings or struggles, I like your perspective. It's it's what can I learn from that? And, and the fact is that when we go, I believe anyway, and I've experienced it myself, that when we go through these really difficult challenges, we're building something in ourselves. And this is the lesson. This is This is why that obstacle is there. It's so that we can tap those things in our lives that may remain untapped if we didn't go through those right and just like you said your your mission awakened from those experiences that were difficult for you i just think it's for me it's it taps in no regrets for me taps into the whole idea of whatever we do create value and you create value from exactly what you're saying ask what you're learning what can i learn from this right you know you're moving it toward a positive direction so it sounds like a great course. Thank and you. Be very helpful to a lot of the people there, and I'm sure you'll do it more than once. Right, I'm, I'm sure we'll do it more than once, and this is really, really neat. On a second, I can't hear you, but we will be back. Okay. If you look in this picture behind me, you will see the black outlines. Now you'll get those black outlines in stained glass, like where the the solder goes, and in an animation, they use, they built the pictures on a piece of, um, anyway, a piece of know. piece of plastic. I can't think of what you call it, but they uh, on a sheet of plastic, and they would put the ink on one side of it, and then they would paint on the other side, so they could do it quickly and not worry about where the edges were. So the 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 black edge is really wide. Well, when I was in the uh, when my my dad was very ill, he died 35 years ago, almost 36 years ago, and he was he had cancer, so it was a long-term illness. And as he was having surgery on his liver, I had some needlework I was working on in the waiting room, and it was kind of like a, some needlework that looked like a stained glass picture. And I'm the kind of weird, I told you, I'm a geeky grandma, that the very time when he's in this surgery, I chose to do the black outlining around the this stained glass image because, you know, they, they talk about like with a an oriental rug, you know, one view you see this pattern and from the other side you see the underneath and one side may not look as pretty as the other, but it's the black that sets off the picture and makes the colors pop. So right. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of we're kind of sliding over into the creative direction. So I'm going to stop for a moment with a commercial, and we'll be right back, and we'll be able to hear about your your creative chord. Okay. Today's podcast is being sponsored by the Facebook group called Facilitating Transformations for Women. We empower nearly retired women to go for their heart's desires. You can find a link to this loving group in our bio. And now, let's return to our show. And we're back. Okay, Jenny. Yay, we're here. We're, 
where I can see the end in sight. <laughs> let's let's leave, let's lighten up the, the, the our nature and our conversation a little. And I want to hear more about your creative part and and your podcast, but especially about that music background. Okay. Uh, gosh. Well, so basically, I have a website, um, a blog, and a podcast, and it's called Your Creative Chord. Mm-hmm. Like piano chord or guitar chord, C H O R D. And basically, because I'm a creator and an entrepreneur, and I'm juggling that with being a caregiver and a coach, I really, it, it all kind of for me is all under one umbrella of nurturing creativity and living an inspired life. And so I blog and, and do podcasts on ways that you can nurture your creativity. Uh, I share my creative process. I'm a pianist, a composer, a songwriter. Uh, I take nature photos. I design calendars and, and products from my nature photos. Nature's a big inspirational muse for me. And I also interview other creators, from artists to composers to poets to creative experts. Uh, I also talk to positivity, uh, wellness, and productivity experts all about how can we really nurture our creativity and live an inspired life. So I really feel like this is just an expression of who I am and I have so many different creative outlets. And so the purpose really of your creative chord, for me anyway, is to empower you, to give you kind of hope-filled ways to nurture your own creative, you know, vibrant creativity, overcome challenges. I do a lot of personal development based on my own experiences and from my own practicing philosophy as a Buddhist practitioner and I really try to help people find ways to achieve victory over their obstacles and to live a more fulfilled life in the midst of things and so you know and and as you know I part of that is I have a segment on caregiving and this creative memorial planning is kind of a section within that part of it but it's it's all coming from kind of an overall umbrella of nurturing creativity and living a more inspired life. For me, it's when you face death uh, and you face life, to me, they're all interconnected. And and I think, um, you know, the, the, the purpose of it for me is just to Im- improve my own life towards becoming a better human being and to help other people find some hope, create some hope. Uh, you know, I have a, like my mentor in life, President uh, Daisaku Ikeda, who's the leader of the Buddhist you know, lay organization I'm a member of, he talks about if you don't have any hope, then create some. And because this is a, it's about in empowering yourself because we all are human beings and we all have that creativity. We all have the wisdom, the, the life force, the compassion, the, the humor, <laughs> you know, we have all these things within us and it's a matter of you know, really tapping into that. And so a lot of what I do with your creative chord is about, I go, I, it's interesting because I'll go off in different directions, but I all, almost always come back to self-care because <clears throat> the bottom line is if, you know, we all want world peace. We all want the world to be a better place, but we can't just talk about it and point fingers in other directions. We really have to start with ourselves and firm believer that creating a happier community, creating, starts with creating a happier family, starts with looking at myself and what can I do about my response and how can I do that inner work. So this is what your creative chord is about. That's what, that's why I launched the blog and the podcast. And I'm actually, um, I, I've written a couple of books. I'm in the middle of, I've got one book out for new and returning piano learners. 
and I've got another one almost done <laughs> on for again for new and returning piano learners, but it's more about everything you need to successfully start, you know, piano. And then one of them that I haven't finished is how do you effectively practice piano? Because I've taught piano for 30 years. I gigged as a pianist and vocalist for almost 30 years. Um, and then I have another book that's in the midst of uh, getting finished, trying to juggle many projects. And that one is, again, about creative memorial options and just putting all this into, in under one umbrella on your creative cord where people can learn about life and death and look at it in a, in a way that's more positive and that brings hope to people, basically. That's mm -hmm. what that's about. Very good. The, the bringing hope uh, from, from my background, if you hit a point in life that you don't have hope, then that leads to depression. That's almost the definition of depression. Been there, done that, and I, I am glad that I've learned ways to get out of it. So, yeah. And in uh, your book there about the, the piano lessons for, what is it, late in life people? What was the title of that? If you're new to it or you're returning to, to it. it. Okay. No. Because one of the people that took a beta course I, I ran uh, last year, when we got talking about legacy, she said, you know, she'd always wanted to learn the piano. Now, I went to school with this person. She was married young. She went to nursing training, has worked as a nurse for 40 years, has six kids, 20 grandkids. And she had, and I, I know she, she was in band in high school, so I know she has the how to read music training. And I said, I'd be glad to do it. And I, I was thinking of like this week. Unfortunately, she lost her mother this week. So, oh, so we're going to put that on hold. But that, that, also, that also is that urgency that you need to get at it. And right. so. And actually, I want to chime in there that I've taught, you know, piano students from ages four to 90. And I actually have done some research and some blogs on incredible health benefits from aging adults learning piano and there are some of those benefits with you know from helping your cognitive function right relieving those you know mood stressors to uplifting your mood and um, also helping movement mobility it even helps your auditory you know prolong the ability to hear better because you're constantly training to listen right as you're playing piano. so you know it's never too late and you know the the key is to find the right you know, piano teacher, and that's what a lot of my books and my blogs are about, helping you find where to start, because there's all kinds of stuff out there, right? gimmicks, and they're not going to help you, you'll get frustrated, but when you find the right support, I don't care how old you are, piano playing is really good for you, just do it. Just do it, yeah, so I, I'm going to wait till life settles down for her, but I, I know I can get her started, because I know she has an, enough background that all she needs to really know is where this finger goes with that picture, and, you know, this is how it goes, cause, because I know where her background is. So, so healthy for her, too. Yeah, especially, especially now. Yeah, there's, there's so many. I, I know of some people that have done music therapy and, and what, a, what a help that is for people with, with Alzheimer's and different things, and that it's really, there's a science to it. We all know it works, but, yeah. Powerful thing. I, I, my, my head, I kind of think of it a little like one of those old eight-track cassettes, and the music is on a totally different, um, instrumental music is on a totally different track, so that if I'm in a bad mood, 
even if I'm doing, you know, computer work, I put that on in the background and that goes in underneath of everything else that I'm doing and it soothes my, my, myself right down. So behind that too. I'm sure there is. Well then, I guess we're, um, I, I just, we always end our podcast finding out uh, heart's desire is really important to me. And so I, you may have mentioned it along the way, but could you reiterate what is your heart's desire? Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that, that segue. For me, it's, I want to inspire people to empower themselves and find hope and create hope, not only for themselves, but once you have that created for yourself, it's amazing how a happy, hopeful person can encourage people around them. And to me, that's my mission as an artist for peace, um, is to be that kind of inspiration for other people, to find it within themselves. We all have it. We can help each other. And that's my heart's desire. I want to contribute in that way. What a nice way to finish up. Thank you so much, Jenny. I'm really glad that you're on and we'll put all your, your links down in the, in the, in the bio notes. So thank, thank you. you. You worked hard. Beautiful job. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just let me know and I'll, I'll post it everywhere I can. Okay. Bye-bye. See you in the funny papers. Bye-bye for now.